Welcome to the all-new Sketch Magazine podcast. My name is Robert Hickey, and I'm here with Chris Dreyer. Hey, Chris. Wait, hello. Have you get my hand in there? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're back. It's been a few years since Sketch Magazine mm-hmm. done a podcast. A couple years ago, we did the Shoutfire podcast, and I did those for a few. I think we did like 20 of those. And we wanted to come back with Sketch Magazine. Because Sketch Magazine is going to make a resurgence. We're going to do our first printed issue in a few years uh, this summer with Sketch 47. Um, it's going to feature Bo Smith and Wyana Earp. And we got some cool artwork with some cool giveaways. And we're going to do a Kickstarter. Um, that's nothing against distributors, nothing against stores, because I've already been asked. Because I put it out there, we're doing a Kickstarter. And I had some stores yeah. says, but we supported you. I said, yes, you did. You did support us. The problem is not enough people supported us through stores. It's mostly been online sales and digital sales. So we're going to reach out directly, but we're going to set up some type of package for stores to come in and be able to buy too. So new sketch magazine this summer, 2022. Yes, 2022. Yes. Um, So uh, I've dragged Chris over to help launch this new podcast. Kicking and screaming. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Kicking and screaming very loudly. He has something to share with us. He just came off of a successful Kickstarter. Yes. And what was it? What was it? Was, it was for uh, Freaks and Gods, Volume 2, Number 1. Uh, it's technically Number 5. Okay. <laughs> but when the publisher changed its name and rebranded itself, it just kind of wanted to start over. Sure. So, Volume 2, Number 1. I plan on doing Legacy or Ongoing Number, either inside or on the cover, just so people right. don't get I yeah. think on the cover is cool. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, just throw it. Mini, I'll just put it everywhere. Just put it all over the place. Just so everyone knows it's number five. Real big on the back. <laughs> Real big on the back. Yes. Yes. A very yeah. cover. Yeah, I'm sure they would love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, uh, we ran it for 15 days, and uh, it uh, was, I don't even know what the percentage. You guys don't think the shorter amount of time hurts it, not the 30 days? always feel like it and i know midway things lose steam for about seven days on the kickstarter right but then it just allows you to do that much more social media promotions and stuff so what what was their purpose of only going 15 days um oh, wait a minute your publisher is oh yeah the, the publisher is now invader comics used to be 215 inc but yes. it, literally it's the exact same group of three guys right so right. it's the um long story short 215 Inc. started in, I think, Pennsylvania-ish? Okay. 215 refers to the area code that the company started in. Well, right. it's people who own it, completely different people own it now, and they live in California. So the oh. name has no connection to them whatsoever. So that was the reason for the rebranding. Okay. Um, now, as far as the 30 to 15 day thing, to be honest, Bob, I don't really know why. I think the idea was to go, they never gave me an actual, like, reason i think it might be just to get in there and just just carpet just get it out there and just try to go 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 and get it done now i did a kickstarter as you remember back in 2020 right. tales of the dark tunnel which was like a side project to freaks and gods yes. i ran that for 30 days yes. and i ran into the exact same thing during that one as i did with this one this one was 15 days long and about six days in i'm like i'm running out of things to post <laughs> you don't I don't want to keep repeating because if even if you show the same cover and you right. got different text, right. people see the cover and go, Oh, I saw that already. 
Right. And then they just go on. And, you know, I, I guess I could post panel after panel after panel. Then I'm yeah. kind of concerned about giving the book away. It's kind of giving a stupid thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, you've got guys who are doing Kickstarters like Brian Polito with Lady Death. Yeah. And when it gets to that slow period midway, that's when they start giving some things away to people who's already jumped in there. And then that entices right. new people to jump in because they want to win something free or get be available for it. And that's the reason you see about 14 days into it. That's when they do the pull the numbers of the current bidder, you know, reward, you know, people who's bought in and everything. It's like, okay, because it entices them to keep things going and it gives them something to talk about. Um, I know we did that with Paradox Wars. I gave away some sketch cards, some original pieces of artwork midway, and it gave me more stuff to talk about, gave me more things to show, and uh, it was fun. I mean, it was fun to do. Discuss. You know, now that you mention it, I, I, I never really noticed the timing of when they would do that. Um, mm -hmm. Feel kind of dumb for not noticing that. <laughs> no. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, that actually... Um, makes sense when i did mine i honestly don't remember a like super slowdown mm -hmm. I, I guess i was i guess i didn't know what to expect so i kept my expectations low and you you know me i right. tend to do that all the time anyway so if i was getting one or two every day during that slow period i was like oh man hey we're still moving right right but i i for that one i actually had a lot of um graphics to show up and coming things that you could mm -hmm. that, that, for stretch goals and although this one what invader did was they had stretch goals based on um hitting the goal mm -hmm. and backer numbers right so the first so ba many backers right they hit 50 and then they all got a free comic that invader was just going to toss in um mm -hmm. they've got a, they've got a lot of comics from when they were 215 so right. it's gonna you know um, and uh, then they, they did a hundred, a hundred backers, and they also gave another thing away at meeting the funding. So, okay, I just so many different ways to do it, you know. There is, there is a lot <laughs> of different ways. Yeah, you know, the whole thing is trying to keep momentum, and, right. and, and and of course, with anything, building an email list is important. You know, direct oh, yeah. contact is more important than social media. It's more important than anything. Direct contact. I mean, I think I literally get something from. Um, Coffin Comics, that's Lady Death, Brian Pluto, right. on a daily basis. I get something about their store or product they mm -hmm. have or the current Kickstarter. They're constantly in my face probably at least once a day. And that, to me, that's a little overkill sometimes. That is. For me, too, actually. But, yeah. I mean, Amazon also sends me three or four a day. So, yeah, you know, there's something to it that it works. And needs to say, Brian is killing it on Kickstarters. Oh, he is. You, you can see yeah, it. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, but, when when his lowest one is like three hundred thousand, you know, it's like yeah. I'm gonna hang my head. Oh, only three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But he, uh, hey, he worked for every one of those. Brian oh, absolutely. Yeah. Work, so. uh, absolutely. Okay. Well, but, originally we weren't gonna talk about kickstarters on this new on this new all new all different. All new. Not all that new. not that different. Not that different. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm all still new. Here. Sketch Magazine podcast. Right. But what we're going to originally discuss, and I guess we can move into it, is I want to start breaking down creation of comics. Everything from mm -hmm. coming up with the concepts to we'll talk about we'll talk about character designs. Right. 
world designs, story concept, breaking things down. But on this episode, I want to talk about what comes first, characters or stories? You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. I think the answer is both. Okay. Because um, sometimes <laughs> you come up with a really cool character. Uh, um, oh, I have an idea. Okay. How about this? Danger Tours, which actually appears in the newest issue of Freaks and Guts. Yeah, I, I drew these characters back in the mid-90s. Okay. And I'm like, well, these are kind of weird-looking characters. One's kind of a cone head. One looks like a dog. I put one of them in like a, a, like a jacket, like not a jacket, a button-down with a tie. Uh, right. and it, just, it's, it's just, it was just a weird drawing I did. And uh, I, so I, I named them, you know, J.P., Alex, the most kind of like simplistic names for comic book characters. Right. Sorry, Alex or JP, if you're listening, it's not, <laughs> not ripping on your name. So I showed it to a friend of mine, and I said, what should these guys be? Because, you know, you can create a cool character, but what they do and who they are, that's where the story comes. Right. And he said to me off the cuff, tour guides. And I laughed at him. <laughs> and and, and that's I, where Danger Tours come yes, from? Yes. Then I went home, and I, on my way home, I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not really that stupid of an idea. So the characters spawned the story. Right. You know, I think when it comes to the story spawning characters, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head, because, you know, we sat down and you tossed this question at me. And yeah. <laughs> is, Get used uh, to it, buddy. I'm second, good about that. It's the second issue of Freaks and Gods. I've already right. got the main characters, the, the trio, Steve, Steph, Atom, Biergeist. And now, I had they, this... They were picked out before you had the story concept. You okay, picked well, out those characters. We can come back to that if you want. Okay, all that, right. That's, that's one of those stories where it's like, what? But I had an idea for uh, a story for the second issue. My son at the time was 12. Okay. So if you got a 12-year-old son or girl, a niece, dog, whatever, daughter, son, whatever... You mind those ideas. <laughs> yeah. They've oh, got yeah. some great ideas because they don't have a filter telling them that it's stupid. <laughs> right, right. Because they're not. It's great. So we, I worked out this idea, and I had to create a character, which ended up being the main villain called the physician. I usually use a lot of public domain characters, right. but I couldn't find anyone that would I could like adjust to be this character, this villain. So I made my own. So the story created that character. Okay. It's the best examples I can think of right now, but I really think that it's it's both. I mean, I'm sure right. you probably got. For me, well, in, in my first true instance of trying to create something, um, we had already launched Blue Line, and mm -hmm. we were getting ready to go do a ton of shows. And one of the guys working in the studios with me, we decided to do a print. We we're going to take the print and we were doing shows. I mean, we we're doing shows every other weekend. We did 20 something shows a year. Ooh. And so we did this print and he drew these two girls facing off against this huge troll guy. And I inked it. We printed up a bunch of copies. I even got some in the warehouse still that we all yeah. signed. So we're going to dig those out eventually and do something with them. And I kept looking at that and we did a couple of shows, kept looking at it. I'm like, what if those were time travel? What if they like went back in time? And and so there, the two girls were already designed. I started coming up with the concept. 
of the time agents and soon the Skystorm universe sort of developed it and I got with Brad Gorby and some other people and we started working out some details on looks and feels and stuff like that. So they're definitely the two characters sparked this whole universe thing. I end up creating all the heroes and villains and all that. On the flip side of it, my best-selling novel at Amazon, Camelot Forever, Lancelot's Redemption, yep. um, we did hit number one, which was yes, awesome. It did. That actually was story first. I wanted to tell a tale of Camelot and modern day. I just, I spent a lot of time thinking about how it would work, what it would do. I'm always about time travel for some reason. Some mm -hmm. of my favorite books are time travel one. Dean Koontz did Lightning. It's one of my favorite books I've read. Um, so I wanted to do something about bringing some of the characters from there to a current presence. Um, so at first it was going to be a comic book, of course. So we did some artwork, worked, worked with a couple artists. That's why I've got some key pieces of artwork and stuff. But it really didn't work out after a few years. So then I um, decided so just write a novel. Looked at with Bill Nichols. I said, you write the past, I'll write the current stuff. Mm -hmm. um, worked out pretty well. Uh, put out the first novel last September. So, but that was an instance where years ago, I wanted to do something using those concepts, but make them my own. You know, I'm not exactly using the same knights of history of, of, right. of L's. And, and then the second one, I'll go ahead and run it for everybody. No, I'm not going to run it for everybody, but we do bring King Arthur to the present. That was right. the whole goal. The second novel is three quarters written. I just got to go through and do final edits and wrap up the end. Hopefully be out later on this summer, this fall. But that was one instance where it was definitely story first. I knew what I wanted to tell. And then I started creating the characters and the balance. And, and then once I got in that part of it, then the character started taking over. Right. Yeah. You know it, it, it happens. Yeah. Themselves. Yeah. Right. When, when, it, as a, when, when a writer says that to a non-writer, the non-writer always looks at you like you're weird. Well, you're controlling them. Eh, mm. Kinda. <laughs> you know, I always said I throw them in the situations and they write themselves out of it mm -hmm. by their personalities, who they who they are, because of what I created. I know everyone has a different personalities. They handle things differently because of their history. I know their history. I know where they were. So I understand sort of where they're at and how they would get out of this situation or this story. Or whatever. So this is an instance with came out forever is that I created the concept. We came up with the characters and then we sort of backtracked with the characters because I'm like, oh, there's a lot of prequel here. And the funny thing right. was prequel was supposed to be a short story. Uh, <laughs> ended up to a full novel. And I'm like, right. yeah, it is a novel. Right. So, um, you know, we did that last fall. So, but yeah, that was one. But there's been many times like I wanted to create my own X Men team, but then it started off with the characters, you know, created Tempered Steel mm -hmm. and then came up Dominion and a bunch of them. I mean, I a few of those comics, not even published yet, but they're completed. So uh, maybe we'll see those. In yeah, some I, I never knew that about uh, your time. What was that? Blood, Blood and Roses, right? Mm -hmm. Blood and Roses. I, I wish, did not know that that, that was. My, hard drive because yeah. i still have that print i, I did not know that that came just from someone you commissioned to do something and did yeah. you like just sidebar did you like say hey draw two women with a dinosaur or did they it just... was a, like, like a big troll guy a troll yeah. right yeah a troll guy um joe and i just said joe worked in the studio with us we were doing yeah. a lot of side work and stuff 
and we had originally did a comic book that ended up being Storm Quest, but it was mm -hmm. something else. And we published a couple little indie things. And finally, I'm like, Joe, just do like, yeah, just do this two girls and this troll. And people love that D and D crap stuff. I mean, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll sell the prints. Well, we, we printed these huge, oversized prints, you know, because I had a printing right. press then that printed that big size. Yeah. It was black and white. And I thought, oh, we'll sell a bunch of them. We sold a handful of them just because yeah. we were on the show. Nobody else was there and we could sign them, you know. Yeah. We sold a few. You've been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we sold a few of them. But, yeah, that's where they actually, the very first print was something where Joe Martin did up a sketch for me. So we could, and I inked it and did all the finished work. And then, yeah, I created the whole concept. Oh, I, I did not know that. It just cascaded from that one thing. I that did not one, know. I've known one. you for how long? And I've never knew A that. year or two? Yeah. A couple, couple yeah, years. A couple handful. years. A yeah. couple of years, yeah. One thing about story first and characters. Um, I've, I wrote a, uh, an article for Sketch Magazine that I ultimately never turned over to you. Oh, okay. Because... Timing plus when I reread it, it came off kind of. I don't want to say mean, but I don't mean it to be mean. That's the problem. That's right. why I'm like, well, I can't, I can't send this until I make it sound. Basically, what I've run into, and I ran into this a lot standing in line or just whatever at a convention. I would, and I see a lot of this online now with people posting their ideas and stuff. Which sidebar to this, I think people in groups and forums post their comic book ideas right. too often. I agree. What I mean by that is, I forgot where I read this. I read a book by a, an author back in the day. A book about authoring. <laughs> Not an right. author. Every book is by an author. <laughs> right. And they were like, you know, the fewer people you tell your stories and ideas to, right? Mm -hmm. As you keep telling your story to people, like, oh, I got this great idea for a comic book character. You tell it, you drop down in your mind of level of excitement every time you, you tell, tell it. Story. Right. And you're telling it. And all of a sudden, after you've told 5, 10, maybe 15 people over the course of a couple of months working on it, you're like, eh, eh, eh yeah, it's not that great. It, it still is great. Mm -hmm. And I've actually experienced that myself. You know, the more people you tell, right. the more you're, you're elaborating to make it better. And then on top of that, you're losing that excitement. You know, but I've also noticed that um, that um, one guy in particular, I forgot, um, where I was at a convention, he was in front of me in line to see an editor. This is back when I would stand in line to see an editor. Right. <laughs> this was a long time ago, right? Um, he was talking about how he had written this, this issue, and he was on his, like, double-digit number draft. Like re-edits. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow. I mean, I don't remember the number. It was 10, 15, some, something like that. And he's going on about, I got to get it just perfect. I got to get it just right. And his friends were like, yeah, man, you got you to gotta get it right. You got to. I didn't say anything because I'm, I'm not, I don't, you know, I, I don't. But no, you get it right when you put it out and you find out what was wrong with it. People, right. people okay, there's going to be two kinds of people. Well, three kinds. One kind is going to be like, oh, that was great. The other kind is going to be like, you know what? It didn't quite hit like this, and I'll tell you why. And then the third kind you kind of want to ignore, and that is the one who's like, this is crap and you're an idiot. Nah. You, just, you just ignore those people. 
But yes, you did. You learn from putting that, that first issue out or that novel or anything you're working on. And then people will tell you, hey, that, that worked. That was a little, you know, but to, to constantly be working on your draft, your copy for a first issue for 15, 20 drafts. No, you're never no. going to get it done. It's never exactly. going to be perfect. That's a problem. You never, you never finish it. Right. It will never meet your standards of what. Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I will sit down and draft. I will write, and then I will do flash. I will flush everything out. Because mm-hmm. right now, all I'm doing is writing novels. I'm not working in comics, which I'm doing a podcast about comics. But right. I feel like after working in comics for thirty plus years, like we can do this. Um. And then I hand it off to an editor and I say, okay, read it over. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think and come back to it. And then usually by the time he's coming back, I've added some more content. I'm like, well, this could use some more detail. Um, on this next novel, it's coming out. Um, he came back and says, um, this needs to start in the present, not the past. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. He goes, the main core of this book is in the present. The back is leading and introducing stuff and the characters and stuff. But the main core of this book is the present. What's going on in the present? So I went through and created a whole other chapter and introduced all these kids and stuff way before I was going to. Mm -hmm. And it turned out really, really well. I liked the way it it introduced these characters right off the bat. Now we're sort of seeing it through their fresh eyes. And then then we go back to a past and, and... so um that's one time an editor come and says i i'm not going to tell you what to write but this needs to start here right because you want people in people's heads not to be thinking well this is a medieval history book you want people to think this is a sci-fi fantasy present day type yeah, that's book. good advice and advice that you didn't notice because you were telling a story right, you were right in the middle of it you're like oh i gotta get this out right right um with my right. comic books i <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't tend to show it to anyone for for editing. Okay. Um, the publisher, uh, Mike Perkins, goes through uh, the PDF and tells me where I've spelled words wrong or I missed a word. Right. And um, I go back and fix those. Um, I think I've been lucky <laughs> that my books have been like <laughs> coherent. <laughs> <laughs> Major good writer and good um, editor. Well, I think what it, to me, what it tells me is that my stuff is very simple. <laughs> no. no. I don't know. Actually, I, 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 don't, I don't see yourself as simple. I just think all. that if I, I, am, I do plan on writing some books at some point. I got some ideas, mm-hmm. but no, no. Those, those book books I am going to definitely send to an editor because, because you, you, it's, it's big and it can get unruly and... Um, well, the biggest thing I've ran into is I don't fill pages. Oh, and yeah. Reading reading some novels this past year and listening to a ton, um, damn, some of these authors fill pages, repeat right. themselves. Um, and, and I know why now, because we're getting ready to do our um, audio book mm-hmm. for uh, Came Out Forever, Lancelot. And... We need so many words. I think we're at 44,000 words, and that's only like four hours of content. So it's only going to be a four-hour audio book. Oh. That's really on a low end of an audio book. 
Really? Yeah, you want six to eight hours on an audiobook. <laughs> I don't listen to audiobooks. So. Yeah, I do because to me, it's just I can crank them and I can go do something else. Not mm -hmm. creative wise, but you know, I'm constantly, you know, I'm constantly yeah. building something, yeah. fixing something. So I can throw them down on, on my tablet and just have them cranking out on a speaker while I'm off doing something. Or right. I got some headphones I walk around with and, you know, they'll blare in the head. So, and it's a nice break away from my own worlds, my own creativeness. And I want to learn. You know, I feel like a learning process is reading and listening to other authors that I respect and, and listen to. But, you know, I've had comments that say, you just get into the action and run with it. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to give more details. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to slow down a little bit and be more descriptive. More, and that's that's something I'm trying to learn. Um, one of the neatest things is for the holidays, I sit down with a book club. Now, this was a church book club. Um, I will say there was family members in it. So oh, that's, how, okay. that's how I got into it. But I was really, and, and the age range was all over the place. Um, they bought the book, bought hardcovers. They all read it. And they came back with some really good questions. And it made me it made me feel good because they were asking questions that I wanted them to ask. Well, what about okay. this? And what about this characters? And oh, it was so sad when that happened. And why why did you do that? You know? And it's exactly what I wanted. That's right. Yeah, you know, uh, it's always cool when you got an idea when you when you are going for a reaction and then you get someone who comes back later on after reading it. And they got that reaction, and you're like, oh, my God, that worked on. Yeah. Because I didn't think and, it was going to. <laughs> and, and the thing is, they start asking questions. Okay, well, right. where does it go from here? I'm like, oh, I don't know, give oh. you that much information. But. Okay, here's a quick slide. Here's a quick question. How many times have you been at a show or just talking to people, uh, and they read your comic books, let's say, and they're like, oh, man. I can't wait to see where that little side thing's going to go. And you're like, ah, just you wait. When in reality, you have no clue. You haven't <laughs> written that far ahead. Ah. You're not even thinking about that. Or, or they bring up <laughs> something that you're like, I wasn't even going to do anything else with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I just sort of tossed that out there like for fun. and That's your takeaway. Like, okay. I go, okay, guess we'll pick that yeah. one up. I remember, I remember uh, Unit Primes, my first graphic Unit novel. Primes. You published my first graphic novel, and it was a character drama thinly disguised as a sci-fi. Did <laughs> you remember? Least. Yes, yes. Right, and um, I had um, this, I, I had a, I wanted people to have a certain emotional feeling about this when they read this book, and I was surprised when, like you said, some people came up and they were like, oh, wow, I really felt that was sad and that was this. Um, although I was at a comic book st store doing a signing for this book, and this guy came up to me who had read, who had bought my, the, you know, Primes, came up to me, and he then told me how much he liked it, which is, you know, I don't care how old I, how old I get or how long I'm going to be in this business. When someone tells me how much they like something I've done, I'm always like, oh my God, that's so great, thank you. And I mean that, you know. He then starts, he then starts telling me, how the book is about Buddhism, and he's got it like chapter and verse practically, like 
oh yeah, this is where uh, uh, this is like about when Buddha left, and I'm like, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Buddha. But this guy was like, he was adamant that my book was pushing Buddhism. Yeah. So, I, so he basically rewritten your book in Buddhism. Okay. He did. He thought that wow. it was a hundred percent, and he wasn't upset by it. I mean, right. he he really got a lot out of it. I, I I think he really brought more into it that was there, and got a lot out of what he already knew, ah. which is great, you know. But right. he was telling me what my book was about about Buddhism, and wow. Okay. No. <laughs> so, my memories on Unit Prime is that you brought me a copy of it in Chicago. Show. Yes. Yep. I read through it, and I said, Chris, give me a character that I care about. Yeah, you told me to get rid of the alien boy and make him no, human. I said, that, that's why I said, give me something to make a connection with. Right. And, and I was um, like, yeah, but everyone can connect with a boy. And you're like, no, this has, it really should be a human boy. Yes. <laughs> so I, I made that how change. Long ago, how long ago was that? Okay, well, let me see. My son is 17, and we, may, we started talking about getting that. I finished the book. I finished inking and getting the book packaged and sent off to you when he was just a, a newborn. So 17 years ago. Okay. I, I thought the show was about the time that my wife was sick because I was at the show but not working it. Right. Katie at that point had cancer and I had sent a oh, whole team right. there to run the show. Remember, right. we set up like a whole alley of Blue Line. There was like mm -hmm. a whole alley of Blue Line. And I, I was there that. only for like two days. Uh, the mm -hmm. four or five day show, whatever it was back then, four day show, I guess it was 35. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's the one thing I come out of that was remembering unit primes. And I was like, yeah, you know, just give me something, give me a visual of somebody that hooks me. So, and you and, did it. I love you. I, I was like, I, I didn't want humans in it. I, but you made complete sense. So there, I did take but, advice. But from did, an didn't another editor back me up on it too? That was later. Well, I didn't like never. I never thought you were wrong, but yeah, oh. another editor did, another person I brought it to did mention that maybe there should be a human in there that we can identify with. And I'm like, well, they all got two eyes and hands and legs. <laughs> Why can't you identify with that? They have emotions. Uh, <laughs> but I, I made the change. Um, See, even now that I think about that, I think of, of shows like Babylon 5. Oh, yeah, All yeah. the aliens that were almost human and everything. Yep. But still you had that core cast of a couple humans or right. humans that made our connection. And that's the person we connected with mm -hmm. and flow through the whole story. So That was a great yeah. show, by the way. Oh, I love that show. That was a fantastic show. Evidently, J. Michael has a Patreon page that he does stuff on now. Oh, he does? He's releasing scripts and stuff. Yeah, I, I, oh, I just wow. recently got into Patreon again because of setting up something for Skystorm Games. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to have to check out his Patreon page. But, yeah, evidently he releases some scripts and stuff about Babylon and, and different stuff like that over there. So huh. I actually have a, a copy of one of his scripts from oh, Babylon, from the Babylon 5. 5? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cool. They yeah, that detailed. would be pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah, I remember that show because it was a five-year plan. Mm -hmm. and, t and then the producer's like, you know what, you're only going to get four seasons. So he condensed two seasons into one season and then they gave him a fifth season anyway. Yeah, yeah he's like, oh, great. Oh, great. Is that when we got the Rangers and all that? Yeah, we yeah. adding more stuff? Yeah. Right, because he, 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 yeah, he it finished it off. Yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that would be a good question to ask him. Was it the characters that started this story or was it the, 
story yeah, that just like the, the whole overall story of the Babylon Five station. Yeah, that yeah. would be good. Yeah, we should get him on Michael. here and talk we'll, to him. We'll track him down some point. You know me; I'm, I'm willing to ask anybody anything. <laughs> I know. Matter. Yeah, I'll yeah, drop a note and see what can happen. You know, all, all right, you can do yeah. is go, who, what? Yeah, what are you? Yeah. That's all right. But um, so yeah, really, there's not a, a perfect answer to this question. Characters or story? It's whatever you come up with and whatever you're comfortable developing and how you create, I guess. You know? I agree with that completely. Um, sometimes it's, but the only, the biggest thing I think anyone who's wanting to create should get from this would be create it and release it and continue. I think so. I mean, you can, my, right. my thing has always been, even with the novel, it got to a point that I was done with it. Mm-hmm. And anything that I feel like I might have messed up, I'll fix in, in future stories. Right. If I, if it needs to be fixed. If it, well, here again. Um, I got real busy with Blue Line back in the day. And so I handed Bill Nichols Blood and Roses. I says, here, finish this. Mm-hmm. Write two issues. You know, let's get this thing gone. You know, I'll, I'll studio the artwork and stuff through it, but just, just get it done. So he, he goes... And he threw them into these relationships and introduced these guys, these other agents and stuff. And the whole concept of the other agents were fine, but he wanted these relationships and all that. So I'm like, all right. So we did them. And I'm like, no, it's not all right. So I'm like, I'm going to do one more issue. It's the special. And what do I start the special up with? I blew everybody up to hell. They died. I killed them all. <laughs> Previously well, on Blood I, and Roses. They're not really dead, but it was, it was sort of like, boom, no more relationships. These girls got one focus. Get these time charts together so they get right. back to their own time. You they know, don't got time for things. that stuff. We right. ain't got time for that stuff. So, yeah, there, it was a time where I had a, a friend off, said, hey, write these, and he was going off in the direction that I'm going, okay. Then after <laughs> a, we posed, I was like, mm, no. Yeah. I'm just going to blow everything up. So I blew up Infinity. And Infinity still blew up in the comics and uh, yeah. where we're going to run with it in the video games. So That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, from what I see, Bill always tends to go more into that sort of uh, relationship yes. sort of side, which, which you know. Mm-hmm. It works well with the novel. That's his style, man. That's just yeah, what I mean, he likes. Yeah. Bill, Bill co-writes the came on forever. Right now, he's co-writing the novels with me, you know? Right, yeah. So, And that's his strength is building that that relationships and and he will come in he'll be the first person to come in and look at my work and go um i don't know but you need a little bit more in here you're not mm-hmm. writing it or whatever he just says need a little bit more in here make that connection right. and like my mind is like get to the story run run get to, get to that big thing and <laughs> yeah. it's like a video game get there yeah. and he goes yeah but yeah and i and i understand the concept of making people care Make right. them feel, be a part of it. It's just there's a huge difference between writing four words and saying, "Hey, show those two embrace blah blah blah," and writing the three pages to make that work. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's a big difference there. So yeah. yep. no big change. Character stories, either ways, works. Yep. It's the uh, timeless question. That shit could be yes. pretty. No. No. It's characters or stories. 
I'm sure we'll come back to that question again. Oh yeah, yeah. In the future, so. Yeah, um, I think you know what. Even the next couple ones that you were talking about, we'll probably loop back to this. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, the next topics. Mm -hmm. We always loop around and get off topic, and you know, if, if the people listening to this had only heard our. 45 minute conversation before we started recording yeah. and we realized we should have been recording that yeah. well, you know you're the one who's got the record button yeah. I, I got I know. I nothing here i, I think next time it. i'm just going to hit it and we'll go with it yeah so you, you know? can get the you can get the bleeper button going in there the bleep, the blooper, the bleep. <laughs> yeah yeah you have to beep out yeah. now, i spent a lot of time editing out that works i don't i don't do that anymore i don't yeah. cuss anymore. yeah i do but i try not to not when you're filming, no. Uh, you know, it slips sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, so, Sketch Magazine's back this summer. Mm -hmm. Podcast is back. We did 70-something episodes before, which I was really shocked. Really? Um, yeah. And they okay. got almost 50,000 downloads. So, I'm hoping this one picks up from there. Yeah. Um, those weren't recorded. Those were just cast. Oh. So... Yeah, so this one will be the first one on YouTube. Nice. We'll be back. You gonna come back next week? Well, I got nothing else to do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> of course I will. I schedule it out. You got to schedule. Yeah, sketch puts me in. All right. I'll schedule it in. Yes. All right, bud. Sounds good. So I'll all see right. you next week. All right. Yep. Talk to you later. Take care, bud. Bye.